Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, uh, today's topic is on parenting. And Dwayne said, hey, Brent, you didn't do parenting today. I go, gee, Dwayne, 30 minutes? I don't know how much I can reveal about parenting. You know what I mean? Parenting is a lifelong thing. You know what I mean? And we just got 30 minutes here to just talk a little bit about parenting. But I kind of feel like the Indian that the cowboy ran up on that was down on all fours with his ear down to the ground. And he was going, it was a stagecoach going east. It had three white horses, one gray. It had two gentlemen in the compartment with one lady. And uh, the cowboy looked at the Indian and goes, man, you did all that from just putting your ear to the ground? He goes, no, it ran over me a couple, uh, a couple of minutes ago. But that's about the way parenting is. You might think I'm a great parent, but man, I'm not. I'm still learning, okay? Me and Tracy are just learning the process. We went to the maternity ward and they handed this baby to us. We didn't have to take any course or anything. And they just said, you're parents. So uh, thank God we had two great Christian families that we learned from. But uh, a lot of those things have come trial and error and trying to do the best we can. But I'm going to get down to the basics of parenting today, okay? And uh, real basic, okay? So, man, I want you guys to follow along with me. If you got your Bibles, uh, turn into 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 2, 11 through 12. My boys are ready. I got three young gentlemen that's going to help me out today, so I'm very thankful for that. The scripture today, I want you to know, I had a lot of choices to go, and God kept leading me this, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 11 and 12. It's only two verses, two verses, but I want you to glean what God is saying through Paul as he's talking, okay? Here we go. Just as you know how we were exhorting, encouraging, and employing each one of you as the father would his own children, so that you would walk in the manner worthy of God who calls you unto his own kingdom and glory. Okay, two verses. What's that got to do with parenting? Paul is trying to be a father to these new Christian believers to these young children that just prayed to receive Christ. You see, he was on his second missionary journey, and he just got to spend like three weeks here in Thessalonica, okay? And he really had a heart for these young believers. And really, as parents, we have got to stay focused. We have got to have a heart and compassion to see our kids serve God and find out who God is in their life, okay? And that's really what Paul was doing. But he says he was exhorting them as a father. In the second part of that verse, he says that they might walk worthy of the gospel. Kenzie, how did the gospel come to us? Come up here and say it. Come on. Let's get a mic. This is one of her memory verses she learned. Alright, kids, you're on. First Thessalonians 1 5. How did the gospel come to us?
good. That's first class long is one five. Me and her's been working on that this week. But the gospel didn't come just as a book. But the gospel came in shape of Paul, that he was there and he wanted these people to follow Christ, okay? He wanted them to be there, okay? He wanted them to accept Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. Guys, don't freak out on me. You're not going to memorize yours, okay? So just stay there, all right? All right. So we are seeing the gospel in action, okay? The gospel. The first thing in parenting, guys, the first rule in parenting, or the first foundation in parenting is... Walk in a manner worthy of God and His glory. Okay? That's a big deal. Walk in a manner worthy of His glory. Okay? Walk in conjunction with that. Paul says that a lot. Uh, Trey, if you'll get to uh, Philippians, I think uh, 127. And uh, Bryce, if you'll get to Ephesians 4.1, please. Come on up here and you guys got it here. Come on up here. These are two verses that Paul uses to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Philippians 1.27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm. In one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Alright. You see that lived out there with Paul in Philippians. Alright. Ephesians 4.1. Ephesians 4.1. Alright. Find it and come back to me. Ephesians 4.1. This is another verse Paul uses to have these people walk worthy of the gospel. That is a big deal as a parent. I don't know, you can't tell a kid to go live a Christian life, to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, if it's not exemplified in your life. Amen? I've had many kids come through the youth group and go, Brent, I'm the only one in my whole family that's coming. How do I walk in a manner worthy of Christ? How do I do that? Show me an example. That's where a youth pastor or Sunday school teacher has got to adopt these kids, or one of you people have got to exemplify that in your life so they can see this gospel lived out in your life. Amen? That's a big, big deal, okay? Because that's what counts. All right. Bryce is back. Four one. Here we go. Thank you, Bryce. And I serve for the Lord, and I urge you, you to love a in life, Alright, the calling you have received. Every one of us that have become Christians have received a calling on our life that says, hey, I'm going to put Jesus Christ first in my life, okay? We just studied Daniel in the youth Sunday school class, okay? Daniel had an amount of integrity about himself that he did not stop praying to his God and facing Jerusalem and he did it three times a day, and these search traps knew that. And they said, what? Daniel went and closed the blinds, and he'd go in his closet and hide? No, he knew his God was big enough to protect him. 
As parents, you got to know your God's big enough to get you through this task. Amen? It seems like insurmountable tasks. Sometimes the lions are nipping at your heels, okay? But you have got to keep the first thing. Honor him. Serve him. Keep his priorities there. Because he's got a glory he wants to instill upon you, okay? And you're not going to do it perfect. I'll be the first one to tell you, I've made mistakes. That's what parenting's all about. But you've got to learn from those mistakes. You've got to be not ashamed to say, hey, I've fallen. I, I made a mistake here, kids. I, I, I just want to try to do better, okay? Kids need to hear that. Because one day, hopefully, one day, they get to experience parenting for themselves. Amen? And they're going to learn a little bit. And they're going to say, hey, mom and dad weren't always wrong. Mom and dad knew exactly what they were talking about. But you've got to have that basis, okay? That one thing you see in that verse 12, okay? That is big. And here's the other thing. Kids, they're a gift from God. Amen? Amen. Every kid is a gift from God above. On loan to you parents for just a little while. Because eventually they are the father's children, right? Amen? And you got to remember that as you're training these kids up. All right? Training them up in the way they need to go. You need to make warriors out of them. But keep your target, keep your focus. Here's the other thing I found. This isn't a new principle. Not a new principle at all. Nick, if you'll find in your Bible, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, please. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. You're going to see in Deuteronomy... God set this thing up way back when, when the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. You got it? Yes. Here, O Israel, the Lord of our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I gave you today are to be upon your hearts. Keep going. Impress them on your children. Walk. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and you get up. Amen. Hey, impress them upon your children when you lie down and when you get up. Impress these things upon these kids. Alright? These scriptures that God is calling. Okay? That he is active. He is doing. Okay? A lot of times the Israelites fell short because they forgot what? The God they were serving. That he should be number one. Right? They forgot that. And they fell back. Okay? They keep falling back. But we need to keep the number one thing the number one thing. If our kids in Matthew 6.33. I've tried to do this by memory for you kids. Alright? If our children get this part right, if we put first, if we seek God first, everything else will be what? Given to us. Amen. Matthew 6, 33. If we put him first, seek his kingdom, not his righteousness, all these things shall be added to us. Okay? We need to keep the main thing the main thing. In parenting for sure. Amen? 
to be good Christian parents, you got to keep that focus. So you got to keep that out there. Matthew 6.33 is a good one to memorize. Okay? And if we keep his kingdom number one, there's only been one person that's done that. I was able to serve him full time and never make a mistake. Who's that one person? Jesus. We learn a lot from his life on how he put God first in everything he did. Even at the cross, he prayed, God, if there be any other way, but your will be done. Amen? It was hard for him, but you see it lived out in his life. And if our kids can become more like Jesus every day, and we become more like Jesus, hey, their self-esteem is going to be what? Great. It's going to be like a rock. Look at Jesus. Did he handle criticism? Man, he did great. Was he able to relate to the rich people? Yeah. Was he able to relate to the less fortunate people? Sure. Did he have self-confidence about him that he can go up to lepers? Yeah. He lived boldly, did he not? What more example for our kids to see than Jesus lived out day by day? And we need to keep it's spurring them on, keep encouraging them, and let them do the examination on our life too, parents. Let them do it. It sometimes hurts. We, I was talking to Tracy in the car the other day, and she's cracking me up. I go, yeah, Dwayne's gone uh, Sunday. Guess who gets to preach? She said, uh, you do. And I go, yeah, I do. And she goes, uh, what are you preaching on? Well, I said, Dwayne gave me a sermon topic. Uh, it's uh, parenting. She just sat there and laughed. She goes... Good thing, because Kenzie's been telling me that I need to work on my parenting skills. So I was just going, wow, what a coincidence, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, but you need to keep that number one thing, the number one thing, that these kids can live a life that exemplifies Jesus Christ out in this world. Amen? All right. Here we go. The second part of that number one verse is to glorify God. And I've drilled it and drilled it and drilled it in my kids. What do I need to do? There's one thing in life I need to do. I don't need to make a bunch of money. I don't need to be the most popular kid out there. I don't need to be the best drummer. I don't need to do any of that. The one thing I need to do is do my best to glorify God that created me. Amen? That's it. That's it. Whether I eat, whether I drink, whatever I do, I need to do it for His glory. If I go to Nicaragua, I need to do it for his glory. And I did lose it to Nicaragua one time when I'm coming back. I missed my plane. Half of my kids got on the right plane, and I didn't get on the right plane. But I was stuck. But hey, they get to show me ways that I fall short, too. Okay? But hey, I'm doing my best to live by his glory and do things for his glory. Okay? Not my own, but his. Amen? And that's what we need to keep drilling our kids. And he said there's three ways you do this, just as the Father does. And I guess Paul had a great father. Is what I'm thinking is that uh, this father encouraged, encouraged his kid to follow Christ, encouraged his kid to be about what he needed to be about, okay? And uh, I looked up the word encouraging in the Webster Dictionary, and I got a few things. It says to give hope or confidence, or uh, to console, to comfort, and then to dream big dreams. That's what encourage means, okay? And, hey, who was an encourager in the Bible? What one person stands out in the Bible that was a great encourager? You hear a lot about this man. 
His name started with a B. Barnabas. Hey, don't underestimate the power of encouragement. Okay? Hey, you don't get a wheel to knife or anything, but you're encouraging, all right? You're in the battle. You're encouraging the troops to move forward. You're encouraging the kid to go out and take a stand, okay? You're encouraging them to go and do the right thing, okay? Encouragement's big. And the way I see encouragement in several ways, you can encourage kids with God's word. Encourage kids with God's word, okay? And what that entails is have them memorize God's word. I'm not great at it, but I've been working for a while, keeping my kids plugged in to Bible groups, keeping them plugged in. Kenzie goes, Dad, I'll memorize that, but uh, you know, this thing at Bible groups, it just doesn't work for me. I'm going, Kenzie, if I have no deadline set for you, then are you going to memorize this word on your own? She just keeps telling me yes, but the answer is no, because Dad's going to let it pass. If it's not on the radar, Dad's going to let it slide, Okay. But I've got to have those things in my life that I can keep her focused on memorizing God's Word, using God's Word in her life to see it. Trenton recently graduated. One of his favorite verses, Trenton, Jeremiah 29, 11. What's that say? Oh, hold on. Let me give you a mic here. Amen. Hey, that's encouragement. That's encouragement because he gets off to college or gets going here in life. He's taking the first step in adulthood. God's got a plan. His dad ain't got a plan, but God's got a plan for him. Amen? I don't know what this young man's going to do yet. But, you know, dad and mom, we're praying. We rose him up right, and we're, we're doing the best we can. And we're making sure his life glorifies God. Now I'm leaving the rest up to God. I'm leaving the rest up to him, whatever he becomes. I'm praying for him diligently, but man, I know in my heart that I did my best, and God's going to take him the rest of the way. Amen? You've got to get these kids over. Once you've done all you can do, you've got to encourage them to take the next step forward. Amen? That's what you've got to do. Here's another part, words of encouragement. Guys, you don't know this. But being a pastor ain't a glamorous job. Being a youth pastor ain't a glamorous job, okay? I can count. I've been here 20 years. And i got a drawer in there that I've got some letters of encouragement from y'all. And the best ones are the handwritten ones. And I remember one guy that wrote me one. I mean, me and Tommy were together. We were on this trip. Put me through the ringer on taking the kids whitewater rafting. Put me through the ringer. And, man, I didn't get much sleep that night. I was kind of throwing up. I'm just going, wow. Snake River's at flood stage, but we told all these parents we're going rafting. I got the best raft company. I got everything lined out. I've got the, the place where they're going to hang on. We're going whitewater rafting. This is what some people live for. This is whitewater at its best. And uh, I took off, and we did it. Everything turned out all right. The Lord was with us, man. Every kid made it off the Whitewater River. Some of them, their eyes were big as silver dollars. Man, we were hitting some big, big waves. And yes, it was scary, okay? Yes, it was out of my control. But you have to trust. And he got back and he wrote me a nice letter. And man, I still have that letter today. Because he said, hey, you were a great leader for my kids to follow. 
Man, that meant a lot to this youth pastor. It inspires me on days where it's bad. It inspires me when I messed up something. This youth pastor is not afraid of trying new things, okay? Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But you got to learn, okay? Part of parenting is learning as you go, okay? But have that encouragement along the way that you don't give up and quit. You know who wins when you quit? Nobody does. Satan wins, okay? So you always got to keep a good, positive attitude. Keep that always going. Words of encouragement, cards, letters. Here's another one. Touch. Ooh, I can't believe he said it. Yes, encouragement comes in a touch. Sometimes it's a kid needs a hug. We're getting ready to go to Nicaragua. What I love best about this place is we showed up at the dump one day, and there's this little girl that's come running 10 mile an hour at me, just grabs on me and hugs me the whole time I'm there. But that's what she needs. She needs a hug. And she needs somebody to just lift her up and make her feel special for the day. There are those kids here in Harrisburg that need that loving touch, but you've got to be there to do it. As a parent, you have to realize where your son is or your daughter. Sometimes they need that loving touch. Sometimes they need that gentle hug. Sometimes they need just that little encouragement. This is uh, kind of coming in my second point of uh, exhortation here. But, uh, man, there's this trillionaire. He has a big party. Has everybody there. And he's wanting to present a challenge to the whole group. He goes, hey, I got a nice big Olympic swimming pool in the backyard filled with poisonous snakes. Now I want the first guy to know if he swims all the way across this thing, he can have a thousand acres needed of this oil field. You have all the problems. It's all in your name. You can have a thousand head of cattle, 10,000 head of cattle, or you can have my daughter's hand in marriage. And before he even finished, this guy jumped in the pool, was lickety split across there, and he gets out of the pool, and uh, man, this trillionaire couldn't believe this guy did it so quickly. He just finished his conversation. This guy was already through. He goes, oh, you want the oil wells? The guy shook his head no. Ah, you want the cattle? Guy shook his head. He goes, oh, you want my daughter's hand in marriage. Isn't that nice? He goes, no, I just want the name of the guy that pushed me in the pool. <laughs> okay? As parents, sometimes you have to do a little encouragement, you know, throwing them in the pool, okay? Taking them, giving them the initiative to get to the other side, okay? And sometimes that becomes with a matter of a hockey stick. Dwayne laughs at me, but Trent was playing hockey. Or not hockey, soccer. Now, that would really be good if you were playing hockey, wouldn't it? But Trent was playing hockey. And that, soccer, sorry. Man, I'm getting it mixed up. He was playing soccer. And his dad's rather competitive. And uh, man, he just wasn't moving. So I said, all right, son, we're going to work on this running thing, okay? And he goes, all right, Dad, how many times around the house have I got to run? And he said, I go, well, ten times around the house would be all right. And so he came back, and I guess he ran about three or four times around the house and lost motivation to run around the house, you know. Dad, I'm done. I'm going, son, get back out there, because I'm going to be chasing you with a hockey stick and get you around this thing together. 
six times. So I was motivating him with a hockey stick to run around that yard to get better at running, okay? So sometimes parents, we might not always have the best ideas, but we do encourage our kids, right? Amen? All right. Don't turn me in, okay? I'm just being honest with y'all, okay? Told you I'm not an expert, okay? All right, here you go. Persistent. Encouraging with persistence. Hey, sometimes I remember my dad had a good idea. And it worked for about three weeks and then it was to the wayside. But we need to be persistent as parents. Encouraging our kids and persistent, living a consistent life. Not always the best, but consistent, okay? Amen? You got to be there. And I can't remember exactly all the things that we did as kids, but sometimes they were good and they stuck, but sometimes they were just a flop. You know what I mean? Just a spur of the moment and it didn't work. But you guys know what I'm talking about. You got to be persistent. When you train kids up, you got to be persistent in that, okay? The other thing is exhort. To urge, to earnestly advise, to advise strongly, we need to really discipline our kids into doing that, okay? Discipline, wow, is that a word of what? Our school system doesn't have it anymore. Amen? They haven't got that discipline yet, okay? They took that out of school along with prayer, along with the Bible. We kicked all that out. Would parenting work if we kicked all that out? No. It doesn't work, guys. It doesn't work. Discipline, you need it, okay? But you shouldn't be a disciplinarian where you beat a child down, okay? Beat a kid down, okay? You need to get your point across. You need to be there. You need to make sure they understand, but you don't nag them, okay? That's been a hard one for dad here, okay? Sometimes I can always see the plank in their eye, and I can't see the thing in my eye, okay? Right? Amen? If you look at Ephesians 6, 4 for me. Can you find that kind of Ephesians 6, 4? This is the one she keeps me disciplined on. Ephesians 6, 4. You can't see it? The kids are looking for me. Okay, turn here a bit. Don't exasperate your kids. Ephesians 6, 4. Don't make them beat them down or they're not going to do anything, not going to respect you, okay? Uh, that's a bad deal. You don't want to go there. But discipline is important. It says in Hebrews, discipline seems unpleasant at the time you're going through, but it reaps a reward later, okay? What is the discipline of memorizing Scripture? Hey, when I get in trouble... I know exactly where to go. Hey, there's a scripture verse I learned that I can know exactly what to do at this time. Okay? That's the advantage of knowing scriptures. Alright? That's the advantage. The advantage of knowing when I feel left out during peer pressure or something that I'm stuck all by myself for taking a stand. Guess what? I got this scripture in my head that says I'm not alone. God stands with me as long as I stand with him. Amen? Alright. We got to have that discipline about us, okay? Uh, I got an example here. 
Discipline brings boundaries. All right? Every kid needs boundaries. I love dogs. You come out to my house, you'll see dogs, okay? My kids love dogs. I'm glad they do. But one day, we put this invisible fence around our yard. It's cool. You don't even know we got a fence around the yard. All the neighbors are wondering what the heck we were doing. But we had this fence because our dogs always got in their trash and drug it everywhere. And it made me look bad, all right? So we put an invisible fence. And we had an invisible fence. We set boundaries around our yard. It was a little bit time-consuming teaching our dogs where this fence was. But I haven't had it work in the last five years, and guess what? Those dogs pretty well stay in the yard because they've been disciplined with the boundary, that underground fence, that they stay in our yard now. Unbelievable. Kids will do the same thing. If you discipline them and know why they're, you're disciplining them, they will learn too, okay? How many of you people go touch a hot stove? Okay? Somebody had to teach us not to put our hand on the hot stove, all right? Seems elementary, but somebody had to teach us that. How many kids, uh, when they learn to crawl, always break the pretty things on the table? All right? Somebody had to teach you that, okay? You set boundaries, right? That's discipline. It's all good if you do it with the right motivation. That's keeping the glory to God, right? You're helping these kids out. And the third part, imploring. Imploring means to ask earnestly, to beg. Here's the big one. We need to be examples of parents. We need to be examples of the way we live our life that we're living for Christ. Okay? This is where the rubber hits the road. This is Paul in 1 Thessalonians. He sets up this big thing. You know how I acted. You know what I did when I lived among you. That's what Kenzie read. I showed you the gospel. I wasn't a burden on you. I was a tent maker. You didn't pay me for all this stuff, okay? You didn't pay me to come in and evangelize. I suffered all these things, okay? But then I had to leave. But I wasn't a burden to you. Look at Paul's life. Every time he went on an evangelistic mission, he put the needs of those people ahead of himself. Your kids today need to know Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, the only person that's going to reach in is your life, parents. You can have an outstanding youth pastor, but man, unless you're living it as a parent at home, that's a big deal. Your kids are going to pick up tons more from you. Because you got a lifetime to spend with that kid for 16, 18 years. I got one hour a week. You have to live it out day by day. What a Christian life looks like. You have to. Be able to say, hey, I messed up. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I listen to Christian radio and I get such a kick out of this person that's going through these people. Said, all right, it's your turn. You get to say you're sorry. And they, I'm sorry. Sometimes it hurts a lot. But man. What it does to the inside, what it does to that person that you know, when you hear those words, hey, I understand, hey, I'm sorry, I let you down, means a load, okay? We are all human, guys. Romans 3.23 says, for all sin, fall short of the glory of God. 
There ain't one perfect parent out here. And we can't sit there and point fingers all day, okay? But we have to know how to act. We have to know what to do. And we have to sometimes say we're sorry. We have to sometimes say, hey, I'm in the state. Will you forgive me? Amen. We have to be a living example day by day. Just as Paul is a living example for the gospel and every missionary journey he took. He even took a great deal of strides to make sure that he exemplified Christ in every way he could amongst the people. You live in a house, make sure you exemplify Christ amongst the house. As a dad, I've got to make sure I exemplify Christ in our house. I don't always do a great job, but I'm at least trying. At least giving my best foot forward. Amen. And in closing, man, I bet you guys never thought I'd say those words. All right, now the heat's on. Okay, I'm sweating up here. Second John, it's in the back of your Bible. Second John, I want you to see this. Second John, real short chapter. Let me read you this verse. This is John talking. For I was very glad to find some of your children walking in the truth. Just as we have received commandments to do from our Father, now I ask you, all right, that's the best thing I need to throw right there, John 4. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we received the commandment to do so from our Father. Right there is the truth. John saw what? He saw children walking in the way they need to go of the Father in heaven. He saw that. It does work, folks. It's not just a pipe dream. This Bible has truth in it. We need to parent with that truth in mind. Amen? I've been short today. I've done that on purpose. I've been pointed to you today for a purpose. I don't want you to forget this. Basics in parenting. Just go out and do it. Alright? Go out and live day by day with God's help. And it will make a difference in your kid's life. It will make a difference in your community. It will make a difference in your family. It will make a difference in your church family's life. Amen? But it starts with one thing. Walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. And the gospel is the news of Jesus Christ. He can use you to change somebody's life through his son. All we have to do is accept it. If you would stand, please. As we close today, if you're a son or a daughter out there, Know that your mom and dad are trying. If you're a parent out there, make sure you got the main thing, the main thing. That you're walking in the way worthy of Jesus Christ. And if you're not, take this opportunity to change things. If you're a grandparent out there, look at your life. 
How can I encourage my son and my daughter? How can I do a better job of spreading them on to the finish line? You know, that's the reason I started out with the main point. It's because when you're in a race, you don't care what's behind you. You don't care what's at the side of you. You're keeping your eye focused on the end, on the finish line. And our finish line hasn't happened yet. That's when we all go home to be with the Lord. Amen? Let's run our race so we keep that in mind. So whatever you need to do today during the invitation, the altar is open. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come on down. Let's get that done tonight or this morning. So, bow with me and I'll have David lead us in a song. Heavenly Father, man, thank you for being a great father. Thank you for giving us a good example of Jesus. Help us, parents, Heavenly Father, live a life worthy of the gospel. Help us to strive every day to live our lives more like you would have us to live. And Heavenly Father, I just pray and I just thank you for the Holy Spirit coming alongside of us that gives us the ability to walk this Christian life. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Paul's testimony and Paul's missionary journeys of how he really made that an effort to make sure these people knew that he wasn't a burden to them, that he was encouraging them to live a Christian life. And Heavenly Father, I just pray as parents that you would cause us to see parenting in a whole new light and be the ones that need to make decisions today. Would you say my prayer? Amen.